Welcome, friends. I would like to talk to y'all about Jesus. And welcome to Scattering Podcast, episode 170. One fucking 70, dude. Once one fu- again. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. One fucking 70, right. One fucking 70. Come I'm on. Slowing down. Yeah, you know, I like doing it this way. I feel like we were moving so quickly before. Yeah. I don't I don't even have time to like listen, go back and listen to it, let alone like try to promote it, you know, because I don't want to do all the, you know, be on social media all day. I don't like that stuff. But you gotta yeah. get into being able to post it, then repost it, have a little opportunity. I like what we've been doing with the little uh going back to the archives, the old old stuff and pulling out some clips. It's awesome. It gets me listening to it again. Little 10 minute little chunks is kind of nice too. I like having more time to edit too, not having to rush the edit out, you know? I I feel the same way. I've been able to go in and kind of refine it and, and listen to it a few times and get it right, you know, and so there's not mistakes and or not as many anyway. But yeah, and and it makes it actually makes getting together on the Sunday a little more fun, you know, because it's like something to look yeah. forward to rather than it's like a job, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, we are taking a pay cut by only you know, <laughs> recording as infrequently, but what are you going to do? Yeah, ten bucks a month instead of t- uh, twenty. That's fine. <laughs> well, what have you been up to, man? What's going Not on? Much. Not much. Really? No, I finally got. Well, I've been working my fucking ass off. Oh, so uh, that's something then. You've been working like a yeah, madman. Can't do anything. I can't do this though. I can't do this like this. It's just too much. You know, when I come home and I just fall over, it's like fuck this. I work ten, ten out. You know, ten, ten hour days, ten out of eleven days, and then I had a weekend off. I slept all weekend, so it wasn't wasn't like I had a weekend last weekend. And then I did another five days, five days straight. You know, five ten hour days in a row is a little bit brutal, dude. It really is. Why are you working so, so much? Uh, we're short-staffed, and then a bunch of people were given time off for vacation and everything, like while we're short-staffed, which isn't the smartest thing in the world to do. But um, So you want to pick up some extra shifts? And I was just like, what do I got to do? You know, Yeah, I'll just sign up. And then there was one day where Ed was on by himself, and he wasn't even going to say anything or try and get anyone else in there. And I'm like, I, you know, you can't be there by yourself. I'll just work that day, too. And so that just crammed an extra day in there. And, it, you know, I got a one day weekend last weekend. And so I'm on my little three day weekend right now. And I'm, I'm loving it. I've been just sleeping and went and visited Chuck. And then I come home and I go sleep again. That's why I didn't really respond to you very quickly because I was snoozing away. So oh, that's great, man. It's good to get some time off. Yeah, I got a three three day weekend as well. It's kind of nice. I should be working on my bathroom remodel, but. I don't feel like doing that, dude. I have like a mental block on that one. It's just sitting there. I have everything. I'm uh, most of the way done texturing the wall, but always find something else to do, you know, somewhere else I got to be. Those those kind of things, man, I w- I'd want to just crank that out and get it over with. I do, the, but the physical, when it's like, physical things, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like one thing after another, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Last weekend, you know, uh, went to Metallica on Friday. So I was out of uh-huh. town. Uh-huh. And that was fucking awesome, dude. It was, uh, I mean, they, they put a good show. I mean, they're good musicians, you know, you can, you can, you can hate them or whatever, Ian, but I don't hate them. I don't hate them. Put on a good show. They played a pretty good cross section of all the stuff. I think they played like one track off of Load or Reload. I forget. I don't really know those albums because I don't listen to them, mm-hmm. but they played a good section, you know, and it was, it was pretty good. But Pantera was before them. And sorry, uh, that part of me. Pantera, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
aren't the aren't isn't Pantera like all dead? How is that even possible? Yeah. So uh both brothers, both of the Abbott brothers are dead. Yeah. You mean the main guys? Okay. Yeah, both the brothers are dead. Uh so it's but, you know, Phil and oh, then oh, oh, Rex. Uh, those those are the guys. That was my question. Is Phil and Samuel the singer? Yes. Okay, so it's basically Pantera. Never mind. Well, I wasn't so sure about that. Uh, you know, when I first heard that Pantera was going to start playing shows again, I really felt like it was Spaceballs, the quest for more money, you know, kind of like, like that kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, so I didn't really want to hate on it. I went into it kind of like, well, uh, you know, OK, whatever. But, dude, I have to tell you good. that it was so good. To it has hear to those be. songs live after 20 years. It has to be good. It was fucking amazing. And you know what, dude? If you're gonna bring guys in to fill in for the fill in those shoes to have Charlie, the drummer from Anthrax drumming. Oh, perfect. That's who perfect. Who else is gonna come in and be able to dude. play in a very similar feel? Him, right? I think he's better. Yeah. And uh, you know, you had Zach Wilde coming in on guitars and oh, who's Zach Wilde? Yeah. So I mean, oh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do it, dude. <laughs> please so it was he's the same kind of squealy guitar player too so it's perfect yeah yeah yeah. and it was really good to hear those songs again i was i was actually more into that than i was the metallica i would have been too yeah so i really they did a good job i mean it was really good to hear those uh the songs again if you're going to have the people come into fellow shoes i mean you couldn't have picked many better people for that you know because i think even like someone like lombardo no, I don't think he'd come in no. and feel it, do it with that same feel. No, that wouldn't have worked because he's his own style. He wouldn't have like tried to emulate someone else's style. Yeah. Benante is just he's just a great drummer for any kind of. I think he'd be great in a jazz band, you know. Oh but, yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't realize that Pantera was the one opening, or I might have gone too. Yeah, they had a um, what's his name Eddie Van Halen's son Wolfgang. Yeah, is his band played first? They were playing as we were coming in. So we aren't, didn't really, I didn't really hear them. I was getting some food and stuff like that. It wasn't bad. Aren't they called Wolfgang? It was like Mammoth. Oh. WVH or something like that. You know, some some play on the name Van Halen. But yeah. But it was a good show over time. Or a good, a good time, I should say. Cool. Yeah. Then on Monday, the following Monday. Oh, o- Oxygen Destroyer. Oxygen Destroyer. Fulci. No. Uh, do you remember that band Unidad Trauma? Never heard of them. Uh, we we saw them. They 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 played for. You know, they play at Brick all the time. I think. <clears throat> Sorry. Before. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they it was this other project. Like it looked like most of the band. Like the, in fact, the drummer had the Unidad Trauma, like drum head on it. You know, so it was mostly those guys. No idea. And they were doing like another another kind of thing, which is very good. And uh, this other band that played another local band, Parasitic Existence. Fucking those guys were good, too. It's a three-piece. This is all the band Humanity. Anyway, it's a cool it's a cool name. Yeah. So, dude, Oxygen Destroyer, man, you really missed out, Ian. They were better than on the album. Oh, I believe it. I, I've seen the live stuff on YouTube, and they're fucking great live. Yep. Heavy I, just couldn't, I couldn't do it. There's no way I could have done it. I mean, there's just no way. I was I was so wiped out, and I was starting my next five day stint and sleep was way more important than fucking going to a show. It really was. Well, I had enough fun for both of us then. It was very fun. 
Good for you. I mean, honestly, in the middle of the week like that, it, it would take uh, quite a big band for me to have to, you know, go out and be up late and then get up early. And, you know, I have to be up at like five o'clock, dude. So that, that wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, it's okay. I guess your dedication's not there. Oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> Just give me a fucking break. Okay. Well, anyways, speaking of dedication, I mean, you could kind of tell that you are dedicated to the metal. Uh, this next album we picked to talk about is right down your alley, huh? Uh, yeah, let's get to that. We are... <laughs> I, I knew this was going to be a, a traumatic experience for you, but um, this is a band that uh, came out with a couple albums uh, over a decade ago, actually, and they're more on the black metal side. They're from Germany, and um, they... You would call what... them black metal? Um, well, did you listen? Have you heard their first two albums? No, I listened to this album, the one we're talking about today. Okay, so yeah, they're they're black metal. Um, they were black metal. Um, and they, I don't know whether they broke up or just took a long hiatus. I, I really didn't read up on what the details were with that. I only heard their first two albums kind of briefly, you know, about a year ago, kind of went through and listened to them. Thought it was okay, nothing special, you know, it was listenable. But then uh, I heard a couple of the singles off this new album 10 years later. And the band is called Cruel Force. And they have fucking gone back and they are not even like trying to emulate 80s fucking black metal, heavy metal, the original sounds like the the original Venom, Celtic Frost sort of sound. Um, these guys are that sound, dude. And this new album, I think, is fucking so addicting. And I've been listening to like I can't listen to it more than twice a day or once a day. That's my goal. It's like, don't listen to an album more than once a day. It's not cool. Can't do it. That's that's burning it out. But I've been listening to it every day for weeks, dude. And I love this album. I love all of the videos they put out for it with all the spikes and shit. And I love the drummer's fucking Roto Tom Central, dude. It's fucking fun as hell. This album is fucking cool, dude. This is good shit. And Cruel Force's new album is called what? Dawn of the Axe. I was getting getting ready to, I was starting to wonder if you were going to mention the album, if you were just going to gush, 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 gush. Dude, I don't know, man. This is, this is the kind of feeling i got when i first heard venom back in 1983 as a 14 year old who had nothing but like judas priest and black sabbath to listen to and all of a sudden someone introduces me to venom and then i discover celtic frost and all these other fucking sloppier but heavier bands with all the devil imagery and the fucking studs and spikes and shit i just went Fuck yeah and that's yeah. how i felt when i first heard this shit dude yeah i mean it definitely sounds sounds like it was aside from <laughs> production because the production's good so i'm not i'm not gonna knocking that when i say this but it's like it sounds like it was written 40 years ago, you know? It does. No, it, yeah. it sounds like this is something that I just missed 40 years ago. And mm -hmm. this was actually, it actually came out 40 years ago. It's that, it's not even like they're trying to emulate these bands. It's like they are one of these bands, you know, 40 years later. And it's, it's fucking, it, it, for me, it's really cool to hear this. And it just made my year to hear this. When I first heard um, uh, uh, Across the Sticks, uh, as a single a couple months ago i was like this is pretty cool it's a cool song right i enjoyed it i definitely heard um china white by the scorpions the main riff in that song the, the chorus riff in that song is that song china white by the scorpions i went back and listened to that song specifically to hear if i was tripping or not and it, it, it is literally the same notes but sped up it's not all slowed down and dragging on. They sped it up and they made that the course of the song. And I thought, yeah, it's a pretty cool song. And then when I heard the full album, uh, I just was like, holy shit, this is some fun music right here. Yeah, this album, Dawn of the Axe, as we said, uh, it's nine tracks. 
38 minutes, five seconds. And it re- was released fairly recently, August 18th, 2023. Yep. Now, Cruel Forest, like you said, they've been around a little while. They were formed in 2008 and then they were active until about 2012. Right. And uh, they're, I call, I, look, I didn't hear the first two albums. I heard this one. So I just call them Thrash. Uh, and they're from Germany. And mm-hmm. like we said, they sound just like the 80s 40 years ago yeah yeah it really has a uh and you mentioned this to me and i it was my impression as well so i, I know it's not just me but you you mentioned it uh we both mentioned that it has a, a shona mercy vibe to it it has think, it does it yeah does. with the toms you mentioned already yeah, and then the also the, <laughs> the vocals the vocals do as well he sounds a lot to me he sounds a lot like tom Morello. Like like a lot in that, like on that album in particular. Though, in so. particular, correct. Yeah. Now it doesn't sound. I don't want to be specific here. I want to be clear. It does not sound. The songs don't sound like from Show No, no Mercy. No, but it has we're not that, trying to copy it. No, it's just, but it has that vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, totally does. Yeah, it's a risk. Like I said earlier, this is right in your wheelhouse. Um, it's a a four piece, which is there's only one guitar, which is kind of kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, they got Gigi Alex on drums. This guy <laughs> going by Slaughter. So Gigi Allen, Gigi Alex. Yeah, yo, you know about Gigi Allen then. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We got Slaughter on guitars, Carnivore on vocals, and Spider on bass. Now it's so funny. Those are some funny names. They're funny names. And this is their third album. The third yep. album they've had. Yeah. Their first album was um Rise of Satanic Might, I think, 2010. And then they had one called Under the Sign of the Moon, 2011. Like I said, I've heard both those albums a couple times each, you know, and they're entertaining. I enjoyed them. Uh, They might be considered a little bit heavier than this most recent album, but this album is just dripping with nostalgia, dude. It really is. Yeah. This is one that actually, I mean, look, dude, I I love Show No Mercy, you know, but when I first, first heard this album, this is, this really like highlighted highlights why I have to listen to an album three times. Yeah. The first time you, you, you sent it to me and I'm like, cruel force. And I look at the logo and it's like all like the axes and all this shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. this is so eighties. I looked, I looked at like the artist page or something yeah. and you see him and they're like, Oh, they're doing that whole eighties thing. And then I was in the car and I'm like, Oh, I should listen to this. And I popped in. And I'm like the first, the first track, um, the intro, yeah, it's like what is it called? Like something about Azrael. I forget. Azrael's Dawn. Yeah, Azrael's Dawn. You know, that's a good intro. I'm like, oh, it was intriguing. And then it goes yeah. into whatever track two is. And I was like, the title track. Yeah, okay. And then you're like, I'm like, dude, this is Ian. And, and I could envision you, and you said it, and even like, oh, I know this is going to be painful for you. Like, that's how I felt like, dude, I'm not going to be able to get through this. I, you yeah, know, right. got to be yeah. fair. I've been <laughs> listening to a lot of death metal. And stuff yep. lately, not so, so much have I. Thrash. So have I. yeah, so have I. But yeah. well, and thrash, yeah, yeah, not so much thrash for me lately. So I've just been kind of doing other stuff, a little heavier. But uh, I would, I wouldn't even call this thrash. I mean, to me, this is like thrash. This it's is like, like it sounds like Show No Mercy. Show No Mercy is the epitome of. <laughs> this reminds me of the original Venom, where there was heavy metal, and then there was. Venom, which was like the next in line, it wasn't thrash metal, it, it but it was a little bit heavier than heavy metal, but it was still just kind of heavy metal. It ended up become, becoming called black metal because of their album Black Metal, right? You know, so I would say it, originally this band was more of that sort of black metal sound, but this almost kind of took a step back into more of the the heavy metal realm. Yeah, it's thrash. You're right, it's thrash. 
the old school show no mercy era it's like thr- it's almost like light thrash or something I don't yeah, know. yeah so it's just you, you can see even in their imagery it's more of their their and they're locking in god i can't speak they're locking in on like that more traditional heavy metal imagery sort of but, but the music to me just harkens to early slayer but they're not again they're not copying slayer you don't you don't get that from this uh-uh. you know uh-uh. um i it did though get better over the the course of the second time the third time and now i mean it's grown on me i do like <laughs> this album it's uh with the one guitar they they do they do some you know some some stuff but it's not there's not like ripper shredder leads per se no uh, they're they're worked out leads that he can play live exact you know yeah. it's yeah so like more like tremolo picking you know that kind of thing or more like it's more like the leads are actually kind of part of the the rhythm or part of the um part of the, yeah part of the rhythm part of the chorus part of you know they he follows certain certain lines in the in the leads that are just very worked out and basic like i said so he can play it perfectly live and it's pretty obvious to me i don't know yeah and it's also just that more traditional sound i mean that's yeah. the other part of it too right yeah and a lot of the you know scraping your your pick across the strings to go you know what i mean that kind of shit just the the typical sort of little tricks that they used to use in the old days to make something just a little bit different and that's what i love about the drumming dude this i love this drummer Every fucking song, dude. It's kind of funny, actually. But every fucking song, I sent this to Jim, and Jim goes, "Dude, what's up with the Roto Toms?" Yeah, I know every fucking song. And I'm just like, "Oh my god, he's doing this over and over. He loves this, and he's enjoying it. You can tell on the videos too. He just enjoys doing this fucking kind of. It's almost cheesy, sort of typical old-fashioned metal drumming, you know, with with all these little hooky things that are in there. And and I love it. I love it." Well, I mean, this is pretty good. Uh, it's good old school thrash. If if you're into any of that, I, I think that you're going to get into that. You'd enjoy this, you know? Sure. Uh, anyone that enjoys the idea of some of the newer modern bands or newer bands that are of current time releasing stuff that sounds older, no. you know, what we had, we've talked, spoken before, so I won't get into it, but the previous, you know, resurgences of thrash, you like those new music coming out that kind of harkens back to the old sound this is definitely something you probably enjoy listening to yeah what i can't get over is it 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 sounds like it's 40 years old but it it doesn't sound like a band that's trying to copy that sound it almost sounds like these guys were like transported from then to now playing that same music it's not even like they're trying to copy it even though they totally are but it, they, they don't sound like any one band from that era or you know what i mean it's hard to explain i, when, I do yeah. when i first heard it though it was that same feeling i had when i very first heard uh welcome to hell from venom that feeling like fuck yeah this just made my week you know and then it's repetitive. If you're looking for a band that has a lot of fucking technicality to it, a lot of uh, tempo changes, a lot of time signature changes, uh, you know, all kinds of, you know, change after change after, you're not going to like this because it it is repetitive. It's very repetitive. But they latch onto that one repetitive chorus and they just fucking run with it, dude. And it sounds cool. And the songs aren't too long, so it gets too old. Um, the only throwaway I would say on this album is the last song. The yeah. last song is too long and it's a, it just isn't really all that catchy. And I usually kind of, after the first few times of listening to this, I usually kind of stop halfway through that song because that song's just kind of grows on me a little bit, like wears on me. I mean, yeah, it's a little too long. It's like over seven minutes. Yeah. And it's not really, I mean, the second half of the song is better than the first half for sure, but it's not really 
the best song at all. And so they put it in the right spot. I think they put it right at the end, you know. Um, but the song before it is my favorite song, actually, Power Surge. And I was wondering, is that a, is that an overkill cover song? And it's definitely not, but it kind of falls in the same vein of, you know, what, what the song by Overkill sings about, you know, about their power, their power surge and, and what they're going to give to the audience and that kind of thing. Same same sort of thing. Not the same song, but it's I think it's the best song on the album. I think my favorite is probably track five, Devil's Dungeon. That's got a great chorus. What would you give this thing? I'm well, I'm gonna I like this so much I've been listening to it over and over, and it's not like technically or musically as good as some of the other nines I've given, but um, I'm giving this a nine just because I'm enjoying it so much. Wow, nice. Yeah, I can't say I had that same experience as as, as you did. Well, at, I, least you got, at least you got through it. Yeah, I, I probably won't come back to this album. Wow. Okay. But I added a few of the tracks to like my metal mix and my thrash mix, you know playlist so um, there'll be it'll come up but i liked it i think kind of relative to like our last review by brain slug i kind of liked it about the same so i'm gonna give it uh, 8.2 oh okay that, well that makes sense well even at 8.2 you know an eight point and in year nine i mean i would hope that whoever's listening i mean definitely it sounds like it should be worth checking out you know yeah and if you're a fan of the old if you grew up in the 80s like i did and you you like all those old kind of traditionalist sounding thrash bands the first wave even before the first wave like i said like the whole celtic frost or venom sort of esque stuff or the first slayer album you are probably gonna love this album and um i have a few questions for you here so let's let's go into the next thing real quick okay all right well once again we're talking about dawn of the axe the third full-length album from german thrashers cruel force Cruel Force and Dance Wrong. I have a few questions for you here. Now, I this is specifically for you not to have to think about or mull over or like contemplate your answers. This is like a, a, a spring test, like a surprise test sort of. I, not really a test, but just this is called 20 questions. Uh -oh. Like, is Dan paying attention? Because the answer is no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but you'll you'll understand in a second. It, uh, it's 20 questions. One mean one is BS. 10 is fact in your mind is total BS is one 10 is it's a fact, right? Okay, so one, five is what? Like, equally... well, let me, let me run through it real quick. One is bullshit. Two is bullshit. Three is bullshit. Four is bullshit, but I guess there's a chance. Five is bullshit, but part of me thinks it could be true. Six is 50, 50. It's as good as just taking a guess, right? Seven is more Why likely. Why wouldn't be five be 50, 50? Because we're not starting at zero. So, 50 is bullshit, but part of me thinks it could be true. Six is 50-50. Seven is more likely than not. Eight is, yep, it's true or happened, or I believe this, but I may be wrong. Nine is, I believe it, period. I believe it. 10 is, it's a fucking fact, no doubt, 100%. No one can change your mind, okay? So, number okay. one. Okay, number one. Do you think do you think there are lizard people on Earth, shapeshifters walking amongst us and manipulating us and using us for psychic food? Two. Yeah, that sounds about right. I would say two as well. Two. Are there bases or ancient ruins on the moon? Three. Yeah, I'd, I'd go more. I think myself, I'd go more for about six, 50-50. Three. Are there ancient artifacts and ruins on Mars? Six. 50-50? Yeah, I'd say seven, more likely than not. Four, was the moon landing hoaxed? Uh, what was that one? 
five. I don't know. <laughs> five is bullshit, bullshit, but part bullshit, but part of you thinks it's true. So that's what five is. Yeah, yeah, five. You think it might be might be hoaxed? Interesting. I'm gonna no, go. With I five. think it's. I don't think it might be hoaxed. I think that it happened, but the moon landing happened. But yeah, but you know, but again, I don't know. I wasn't there. So. But there's a, but there's a chance it was a hoax. That's a four. So what's a, what's a five then? Bullshit. But part of me thinks it could be true, as in you think it could have been hoaxed. Yeah, that. Okay. All right. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm one. That's fucking ridiculous. Well, that you say so you think that it wasn't hoaxed because I don't. I don't think it was. Abso- absolutely was not hoaxed. It absolutely was not. That's hoaxed. for the record. I don't think it was hoaxed. But right, but but you're giving yourself a little wiggle room. In case yeah. Well, yeah, because I think like I could see why if you just look at the context of it, why the case could be made of why they would. But um, I haven't watched the. The documentary. I haven't looked at all the pictures. When I see something like that, I look. I click on the article or something. I scroll through it real quick on my phone. And I move on. So, I'm not informed in any way. So I don't believe it happened. Okay, I gotcha. can see why you could argue for it in terms of the context of the political climate at that time. Okay. Yeah. I. I there's no way that was hoax. I think. But anyway, five. Do you think that some UFOs must come from other dimensions, solar systems, or galaxies? Ten. Oh, yeah, it is fucking fact. Yeah, I'm a 10, too. Absolutely. Uh, six, are the pyramids over 10,000 years, maybe even older? Uh, I guess I'd have to say nine. because I'm a, I'm a nine as well. Because yeah. I don't know, right? So Yeah. I think so. Yeah, nine is, I believe it, number seven. Do you believe the Chicxulub asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs? Is that the name of the asteroid that they said? The, the huge asteroid that landed near Mexico that wiped that wiped out the, the that's United. what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I have no reason to doubt that. So I say nine. Yeah, I believe it. So you're nine yeah, or I'd 10? say nine too, then yeah. Okay. I'm not I don't believe that they're six thousand years old or they're contemporary with humans and all that shit. No, plus you have the K2 boundary, that whole layer of fucking sediment that's all over the planet going back to 60 million years that proves that there's some sort of cataclysm that, that rained down all of this ash. That's basically proof to me. Anyway, uh, were humans eight, were humans created as a slave race by the Anunnaki? Um, see, I don't discount that, but I don't really, I'm not qualified either. to answer that. I don't really have an opinion. I haven't thought about it, I guess. <laughs> well, for the record, I'm six 50, 50. Yeah. Um, and what was what was five again? Five is bullshit, but part of me thinks it could be true. Five. Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. Nine. Do you believe there is any credibility to astrology? So if I say uh, one, that's astrology bullshit, and yep. ten, that yes, is fact? 100% fact in, as far as you're concerned. Yep. Um. This is a not just a simple question because no, it's not. It's here's not. here's why I I believe that astrology uh, I would call it as a one. It's bullshit, right? However, mm-hmm. with with the exception of you could suggest that there are certain during certain types of the <clears throat> certain times of the year of different people, right? Uh-huh. There's going to be these like cycles of things that are in the environment, uh-huh. right? Uh huh. Yep. So. Exactly. If you were to say you can look and and look at the ocean and just see like the cycle of the moon affects the height of the tide by several feet. And this is a that's huge. Right. So. Right. That's obviously have it has an effect. We can look around and we can have radiation from the sun and we can it can 
burn us and kill us if we're out there and don't have water and stuff, right? So there's a lot of things that are impacting us. So now if you take those and say, well, all those high amounts of energy and capability uh, could, could then impact like things like motility of sperm or like pHs in people's bodies during certain times, whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert. Right. But like, I could say that then those types of things that are maybe difficult, if not impossible to quantify could result in, you know, a certain, um, intrauterine or like, you know, neo, like when you're in utero experience, right. If someone's, sm- someone's mother smokes crack, that's going to have an effect on them. Right in their development. So if these things are these forces and things are having that impact, you know, able to impact the ocean and all these things, then it could have, you know, those types of things could, those cyclical things could have an impact on the gestation. So you could say that maybe that that results in people being more short tempered if they're X, Y, or Z. However, I believe these things would be correlational versus like, Oh, you're a, an Aries. You're like this or that. Right. I don't believe in that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I do. I always thought it would, I would have said bullshit in the past, maybe just a month ago or so. But the more I thought about it recently, I realized that uh, a lot of these astrologers, when they do their whole signs and things like that, and and they, you know, this star is lined up with this star, the planets are aligned in a certain way, whatever. I'm going beyond like just, you know, I'm a Pisces or, or Aries or whatever. I'm going to what they're saying, like if you want to like look into the future or or uh, what is your what is going to happen to you this day or whatever. To me, you know, when they have the, they print that stuff in magazines or newspapers, you know, what your astrology, what is your astrology this month or whatever, what's going to happen to you this week or whatever. To me, that's bullshit because it's they word it in such a way that could be anybody, right? Anything to anybody. It's just it's nonsense. But in, on the bigger scale, when they start using their their astrology maps or whatever however they do it um the 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 answers that they get or the things that they come up with are greater than just chance it's greater than just taking a guess 50 50 is a guess right you can go one way or the other guess this way whatever um but what they come up with is greater than a guess and somehow it is the alignment of planets, the alignment of the stars, where the stars are in the sky, things like that. For some reason, maybe it's gravity, something I don't understand, obviously. Um, for some reason, it has an effect, like you're saying, the moon on the tides, right? It has to have an effect, like like with an embryo, you know, like with a baby in the womb. It's surrounded in liquid. It's got to have some sort of effect, even though the gravity is so small, you know, compared to, you know, to everything else, I guess. But um, like the tides, it pulls on the tides it creates high tide and low tide the moon does right so even though it's a little tiny sack of you know you know inside the womb it's a smaller amount it's got to have even if it's an infinitesimal amount of effect it's got to have some sort of effect and for some reason a lot of these astronomers when they come up with certain things that they're talking about it's great it's a great it's greater than 50 percent chance so there's got to be something to it so i'm not going to say that it's bullshit anymore like i would have but it's certainly not in my mind fact i'm going to go with five actually bullshit but part of me thinks it's true okay yeah uh did i give it a number before or not no you did not yeah i mean i'm leaning what you're saying is kind of i think what i was sort of alluding to but I i feel like the impact of that would be more correlational right i mean sure you look at no offense to anyone named Daryl, but you know, <laughs> someone's like, oh, that guy's Daryl. My cousin Daryl, you got this image of this, your, this dude's cousin Daryl, you know, just okay, like. 
Wait, 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 wait. Sidetrack here. Before I knew you, me and my friends used to always call someone who did something really stupid a Daryl. Did that happen in your group of friends? <laughs> did that happen in your group of friends too? Um, I don't know, dude. But I, I oh, that, that why did you do that? My point. What did you do that for, Daryl? I'm like, don't call me fucking Daryl. Yeah, that that's a common thing. My point. Oh my god, that's a common thing. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so I think it's sort of like on that level, just like the Daryl, the Daryl phenomenon, right? It's like, oh, this person who happens to be a whatever a Virgo or a Scorpio or a Leo or whatever, like people that are born, you know, born at this time tend to have been conceived around this time within some range. There's gonna be some effect. Not every Daryl's a schmuck or an asshole. So what number are you going to give it? Oh, um, shit. I don't know. Two. Do think two bullshit. Basically bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Sorry, Daryl. Oh. Sorry, Daryl. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. That one went long. No, 10. Do you believe colonizing Mars is viable and realistic? Uh, <laughs> six. That's 50-50, right? Six is 50-50, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Why not, right? Where else are we going to go? It seems like if, if we, uh, you know, I don't know that there's any better than here, right? I mean, so for us. I, I say think four. it's possible. I think that, you know, presuming that like the Van Allen belts aren't prohibitive, right? And people that's not, can never get through and everything's all fair. No, that's, that's not a thing. That's just not a thing. Well, I don't but I say, I say bullshit, but I guess there's a chance. Yeah. You, you, you have to terraform it. That would take thousands of years. And why would you terraform a planet that has no fucking magnetosphere it makes no sense yeah it just seems that's what i mean like it's not more hospitable to us than here even if it's fucked up here right okay so, but you know it, don't underestimate the desire for money right like if you can terraform out there and make i mean play the long game oh right? shit if, if they found like loads of gold on mars dude we'd be there in like three months it's ridiculous okay number 11 do you believe there are some alien abduction cases that really happened Nine. Yeah, I'm I'm a nine. I believe it. Totally. Twelve. Do you believe there is a global secret government? I just declined to state. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. It's fine. Because I don't know that one at all. Um or a, a US secret government, not global, just US. Oh. Can I also decline to state? Okay, moving on. 14. Do you think there's a U.S. secret space force? I mean, as in, I mean, I know there is a space force, but as in, I'm referring to, do you believe there are already spaceships in space that we don't know about? Nine. You believe that? Really? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go seven, more likely than not. Okay. They have so, an international space station. Why the hell wouldn't they have other stuff that's militarized? That's, that's very true. I'm actually surprised at your answer, but I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, 16. Bigfoot? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Uh, six. Oh, okay. Six is uh, 50. Okay. Possible. I'm going, it's I'm going, I'm, yeah, it's possible. 50 Maybe 50. even a seven. I mean, more likely than not. Because here's the thing is like, they're pretty, you know, if they're that large or a large mammalian like that, they're upright, they're bipedal. They, you know, they, people that have, that are researchers that have supposedly found things, you know, like, things like uh you know burial sites and things like it's clear that they're people you know what i mean not humans but people so if they were I, they mm -hmm. really exist then they could be smart enough to 
I mean, there's a lot of nature out there. You know what I mean? A lot of forest. A lot. And it's kind of like the UFO thing for me. There's just so much evidence. And to just flat out say it's all bullshit, people are delusional or liars or hoaxers. It's just basically telling everybody who has seen this or experienced this um, that they're all fucking liars or mentally ill. And that's fucked up. I'm going to say nine. I believe it. Okay. So I'm going to have to say something about this Bigfoot thing. Yeah. The uh, was it Patterson Gimler? Is that the name? Gimlin, yeah, Gimlin, yeah. That video, I, I think everyone's seen that. Yeah. Now I don't know if I've seen the original version. Oh, obviously, I've seen the edited versions, but I don't know if I've seen stuff that's been, you know, doctored or cleaned up or edited in such a way. Mm-hmm. The one thing that was interesting that you pointed out to me, I think, and then I went back and watched it, is like the muscles. The muscle, yeah. Like you can see, it's like, oh, that's not just like some cloth right hanging on there like you can see just like you would you know anything that has like a big thigh muscle right like if it's a it bulge, animal it, you're gonna see it yeah. bulges it bulges out as she walks yeah so that part's kind of interesting to me yeah very interesting yes yeah, trippy um yeah so what did you give it you gave it a i think like a six maybe a seven six point five six point uh, six or more six point six six Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, I give it a nine. I believe it. Okay, uh, 17. This is a good one. Did Eisenhower really meet with aliens on two occasions in the 1950s, possibly signing a treaty with one of the races? Ooh, that is a good uh, one. Uh-huh. I don't know, because uh-huh, I know. Thing. it's like, I don't know. It's I, starting to become more and more like that may have really happened, though. That's yeah. the weird thing. So maybe, yeah. maybe a six. 50-50? Yeah, yeah, 50-50. Yeah. I'm going to go with eight. Yep, it's true, um, but I may be wrong, but it's true. Um, we're getting to the end here. 18, do you think COVID was a created, planned pandemic? No, I think someone fucked up or something happened. Yeah. And it got out of control and fuckery was afoot and people made some money. So you don't think it was like a CIA thing or something to to do something nefarious for whatever no. reason? Yeah, okay. I don't. I'm going to say four bullshit but i guess there's a chance what did i say what did i say that did i give it a number i didn't give it a number you did not give it a number i'm gonna say four what is four bullshit but i guess there's a chance well there's a chance to anything what's three bullshit oh two is bullshit and one is bullshit (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's bullshit i suppose there's a chance so whatever that number is four yeah, I don't believe that it was, but... Yeah, I don't either, no. I believe people capitalized on it. That's a whole other discussion. Okay, these are getting the last two. 19. Was 9-11 an inside job? Eight. You think it... Oh, yep, it's true, or you believe this, but you may be wrong? Uh, Maybe a seven. What's a seven? More likely than not. I think it's possible, and I, I could see I why it would be. So, I'll say... I don't know. I'm a, I'm going seven. six. Oh, you want seven more likely? No, maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just like I think it's possible. I don't think it was, but I think it's possible. So whatever that is, what's what's that? Six fifty fifty. Yeah, that's what I'm going to because I would have said I would have said one bullshit not too long ago, but I saw a documentary about a year ago by someone who's not a conspiracy theorist guy. He's he's a scientist. He's like he, he's you know got a PhD in like social um sociology and and soviet uh history and all kinds of shit uh, he's a historian right and he went through all of the different little things and the one that struck me about that whole thing was tower i think it was tower three or tower four was reported to have fallen like hours before it actually fell 
And I'm like, why would that have happened? Oh, yeah, I heard about that, actually. Why would that have happened? Because it was planned, which is kind of fucking scary. I don't know if it's true. I don't think it's true, but I'm thinking it's a 50-50 chance there. Yeah, something, again, I didn't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, especially on that one. I think it's kind of fun to hear people talk about it. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you where. I couldn't tell you where I heard it or saw it. I don't even know if I did. But I seem to recall hearing something about whatever investment group like owned those towers or something had just insured them or something. Was there something like that with the insurance? That's another piece of evidence too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall the details, but it all. Well, and also there's um, the whole, the whole sequence of events for the government, for, for them to, to propagandize the, the uh, civilians, us to focus our fears on. And initially it was, initially it was uh, the Soviet union. That's why we won the space race. And then it was asteroids, you know, beware the asteroids, the whole dinosaur thing, right? And then it was terrorists, right? That was the whole terrorist thing. Get us afraid of terrorists and and fight them. So they did an inside job like a false flag. And the next thing in line, now this is what Werner Von Braun said was going to happen before he died in the mid-70s. He said, the last thing is going to be aliens. The government's going to push aliens on us to be afraid that we're going to be under attack. And that way we can weaponize our country and and put more money into the military to help fight against the evil aliens. And where are we at right now, dude? Pretty weird. He said that for, yeah, 45 years ago. Uh, okay. Yeah, so well, there's some, some visionaries, you know, yeah, things like uh, 1984 and things like that, you know, that yeah. were not quite exact, but close hey. enough, <laughs> you know, pretty prescient. Uh, yeah. Last one, 20. And this is, this one's obvious. If anyone's listened to this podcast, you're going to know what I think about this, but 20. Simulation theory? Yeah, I think that's a 50-50. What is that one? Five? Six? Six. Six is 50-50, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know where I'm Right, because I... I don't know. I'm a nine. I believe it. I totally believe it. It It answers every single fucking question. Every mystery in the universe, it answers it. Straight up which is nothing else does it brings together quantum theory and and relativity nothing can match those two nothing can bring those two together but that does it's the only thing it's a trip dude so i'm not going to say 10 it's fucking fact because i don't have you know there's no way i could know that's an actual fact nothing's really a 10 but nine is basically yeah i believe it i totally believe it anyway now do you wonder if the simulation theory is similar to the effect of religion on people like oh you have a way Ah. of believing something that makes you feel better because if it doesn't matter sure but this that doesn't make me feel better no you know seeing seeing everything is like like i've always said it doesn't mean that we're not real or makes us less real somehow it just means we're in that little rabbit hole it goes down deeper and deeper and deeper from you know who knows what base reality is or if there even is a base reality just like we don't know where the edge of the universe is because we can't see that far. It's the same thing. Yeah. No, I mean, you could go to the edge of Grand Theft Auto and what happens? You just kind of exactly. doesn't even know what to do. Exactly. Swimming in the water or whatever. Exactly. Now, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me feel comforted. Fuck no. It's kind of a creepy thought, actually. Who gives but a shit? when the evidence fucking piles up, yeah. yeah. Who I mean, gives a shit? Matter. Well, it's, it's a good thing to think about. I mean, it's a fun thing to think about or a scary thing to think about. But ultimately, I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what it means, what it, what it means, though, is we can jump off a buildings and fly because we're not real anyway, right? So everybody, go out there and jump off a building. You'll be fine. I just want the freeway. I want the freeways. Not... I want the freeways to clear back up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every podcast did not condone 
such stupid act as doing whatever he said. Okay, I guess. Moving on. So when we started this podcast, no. we initially were going to, and I'm putting this in quotes because this was in our original trailer or promo clip. Quote, yeah. Whatever the hell we want. Right, we've done that. We've done that. Yep. We, you know, we, we do, I mean, obviously we talk about metal a lot because we're both like live and breathe metal, but we have great conversations about all kinds of shit, you know, and we have a lot of it is paranormal. But we've done some more historical or just interest, like human interest kind of things as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we did the transcontinent, what was it? The uh, transatlantic cable. Right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. Interesting and not conspiracy, not weird or anything like that. And it's kind of what we talked about today, something interesting, but straightforward. More of a historical thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the, the cable. Yep. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the California gold rush. Oh, shit. I got the wrong notes. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Well, I'm sure that learning the, about the gold rush isn't really something that's unique to children in California. Can but... we just talk about gold rush in general? Because there's a Yukon gold rush too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about the gold rush in general because it, you know, it's sort of. Do they tie in? They do. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. They do. I mean, we, we glance over it. I don't have too much, but um, you know, like I said, it, it, it's not unique to only kids in California. But when I was a kid in California, I liked learning about Gold Rush and the missions and things like that because it was, you know, when you're eight, 10, 12, whatever it is, to be there and go to these places and realize, like, oh, this very interesting or historically significant stuff happened here, right? Some of it very intense. The gold rush is kind of like one of those topics that I was always interested in as well, because I'd been to a lot, you know, some of the places where this type of stuff happened. I always sure. had an interest in the Wild West and all the sort of the lawlessness of that. And it was just really interesting that, you know, when you learn in school, you learn about that whole concept of a manifest destiny, right? Which is that idea like, oh, you can it's basically, your, to use their quotes, God-given right. To go and take what's yours, expand out and go take what's yours. It's there for you, right? So it's interesting when you start learning about this stuff and then you have sort of context later on as an adult, because it seems like something like this that you learn about in this very limited way, or at least I did as a kid with maybe it was just because it kind of went over my head, but you realize this period in, in time was very, very transformative and I mean, hugely significant historically and culturally and economically it helped build out uh california yeah uh, yep yeah so the california gold rush refers to a period of time between the years 1849 and, eight, and 1855 prior to this period uh gold had been discovered in california but it wasn't really uh it was sort of hidden uh the, the earliest documented discovery of gold in california was in, in March, March 9th of 1842. And this would be kind of in the hills of modern day Los Angeles. He found some gold in the bank of a creek and, you know, essentially determined it was gold, uh, brought it back to the owner of the property. And they said, oh, great. You know, they, they uh, basically tried to keep it kind of on the down low, right? 
they also found some as part of the uh, mission construction and, and all that and that whole infrastructure there. But and same thing, they they tried to keep that underground because or uh, under wraps because they didn't want people coming in and rushing through and trying to take it. Obviously, mm -hmm. they were keeping it them for themselves, I'm sure. Yeah, really, it was sort of this period of 1849 to 1855 that is referred to as the gold rush because that's kind of when everything really kicked up into gear, you know. Uh, right. Wasn't that Sutter's Mill or something where it was first found? Yeah, so... Prior to the gold rush, um, in February 1848, Mexico uh, and the United States signed a treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ending the Mexican and American War, which essentially granted over a million square miles of land to the U.S. So it not only included modern day California, but also Nevada, Wyoming and New Mexico. Arizona, right? Yeah, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Arizona mm -hmm. as well. Shortly after that, you know, California was not a state yet. Right. And very shortly after that, yeah, this guy, James Marshall, was on Sutter's, Sutter's Fort, which was a, a agricultural colony. And uh, he was building a sawmill there and basically found some, some gold flecks. They determined that, that they were gold and they brought it back to John Sutter, the owner. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing the right thing. I mean, yeah. Wasn't so, there an agreement, though, not to say anything? I, I'm not reading anything right now, but something about an agreement or don't say anything, and it just immediately got out and it just spread yes. like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically, uh, uh, Sutter, John Sutter, um, he basically was like, you know, worried about what was going to happen if everyone knew about this because people are going to come in on his land and start trying to take it. Yeah. And, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't possibly get it all before people came in rushing in and taking it all, right? They're just going to come in and swarm yeah. his land. He couldn't keep them all out if they started yeah. doing it. No, no. Nope. So, but yeah, it spread very quickly and um, made it all the way to like San Francisco. And I mean, just everyone was ready to get theirs, man. Once it, once that, once that uh, news made it to, to San Francisco by a number of accounts, people left the city emptied. Everyone bailed and went to go look for <laughs> gold. Oh, yeah. side, side note. What's the uh, football team called in San Francisco? 49ers. Yep. I I didn't put that together till later in life, but yeah, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. So within a few months, news of the gold uh expanded all the way to the East Coast. And in the fall, they, they ran, you know, <laughs> it was in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. So 1849 was essentially when this massive migration ensued. Uh it was because um massive. Yeah. They they made I I was trying to find here, wasn't it like three hundred three hundred thousand people or something flooded yeah. into the? <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Yeah, within a short period, right, eighteen forty nine to eighteen fifty five, so six years, three hundred thousand people come storming in. Now, here's just to give that put that into perspective, right? The population of San Francisco yeah. in eighteen forty seven. Mm -hmm. Take a guess of what, how many people were in San Francisco at that time. I'll say twenty thousand, five hundred. Five hundred thousand, yeah. five hundred people, five hundred people. Oh my god, I was way off. Okay, yeah. Wow. Eighteen fifty-two. Yeah. Right in the thick of everything, the population grew to one hundred fifty thousand. It went from five hundred to one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, five. Not yeah. Oh, I thought it was like ten or twenty thousand. It grew to one hundred fifty thousand. No. That's bizarre. No, but you had people coming from 
everywhere, man. I mean, it was everywhere. Of course, people that were already, you know, on the East Coast and, and making their way, ma making their way West for their land, right? Or whatever they were doing. But people from China, yep. you know, just all over the place. That's insane. Well, That's what's really insane is is to think about, yeah, there's gold, but I mean, it was only a few short years, five years, and then it was pretty much gone. You know, you sure it was only 500 people in San Francisco at the time? That's what I read. Yes. And that was from that's insane. A university article. You know, like a, So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I wonder how many people were in like Los Angeles at that time then. That's that seems really low. Well, I guess at mid 1800s, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Because people haven't really started making their way manifest destiny. And all right. That shit. Yeah. 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 OK. This is this is what caused it, man. And it's so hard to believe because it really isn't that long i mean it's like 180 years you know 175 years i mean it's a mm. long time relative to us mm. but it's not that long that's not long at all you know and no. now you look around and it's something that caused california just to be able to explode quickly under the scene and become a state very very quickly very quickly yep. you know mm -hmm. with all this influx of migrants from all over the world literally all over the world they had to they had to figure out what the hell to do with all these people and how to control them. There was there was no law. There were no property laws at that time. Convenient. So you could literally, well, just, it's like rules on the internet, dude. If kind you can't right. make a rule about something, if no nothing one knows to, that that's a problem, right? Or nothing to enforce it. Right? right, or nothing to enforce it. And in this case, it's like, yeah, who's going to be out there? There's, there's no one out there yet. They're going to make a, a rule for out there. Yeah, who's going to enforce it? Yeah, you just have to fend off the indigenous people who are pissed off because you fucking oh, show them. Yeah, they displaced many. I mean, that was one of the, the greatest impacts uh, yeah. to the negative. Of yeah. course, the environmental impact as well with all these people coming in and tearing shit up and leaving trash and clear-cutting the forest to build these towns and everything. I mean, it wasn't just the gold, man. Whole cities formed yeah. around everything these people could possibly need, right? You're coming to mine gold. Well, you need boots. Yep. You're coming to mine gold. You need rope or you need sluices. You need, you know, buckets. You yep. need shovels and shit. And you need clothes. You need you need yeah. pitchforks. You need fucking a hat. You need a, a horse or whatever. You and know, you're making this money. And dude, who's going to keep someone from robbing you? You need a place to put it. We'll, we'll keep it safe for you. Right. That's, that's right. But hey, you know who really made the money in the whole gold rush were the people supplying the 49ers. Everything. Yeah, everything. So you asked me about the whole Yukon gold rush, and it ties in because I learned this when I went up to Seattle. I did yeah. the uh, they have the underground Seattle tour, which is super cool. Oh, dude. that's awesome. Yeah. It, have you, are you familiar with that? I, I know. I've oh, yeah. That. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's where the um, that's where the saying um, to be, uh, you know, when you're like when you're pummeled and then put on a ship and taken off to be a slave on a ship, you know, to do all the work on the ship. What do you call it when you're, um, when you're, when you're ambushed, you're, uh, I forgot what the word was called. It's a common word too. And I, I'm just blanking right now, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's a cool thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, even like Seattle was, this ties into the whole um, Yukon gold rush, but Seattle was essentially formed by this guy, Henry Yeltser, an investor, basically a charlatan. He built up Seattle to take advantage of, of that gold fever. People were going up to the Yukon and uh, Seattle was a great spot to uh, 
you know, get your supplies. It's a good, great waypoint. So this whole city and everything built up around, around his whole enterprise. And he scammed people, dude. There was nothing up there, right? Oh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's backtrack one second. I'm thinking of Portland, Oregon, not Seattle, where where people would be thrown in those cells and then taken off on ships. Never mind. I, I forgot all about oh, that whole. I see. That was Portland, Oregon. Yeah. yeah, hipster, hipster town. Anyway. Well, anyways. So yeah, I mean this this had implications all up the west coast and even into further inland, right? I mean, you would have eventually the need for agriculture and everything else, right? And mm-hmm. with this this number of people. It's just amazing. And it brought in a lot more women into the west coast uh than had previously previously been showing up, you know, as far as like the European uh, ancestors and whatnot, you know, people from European descent. Yeah. Um women started showing up a little bit more in mass. Um, because they could make money doing prostitution because of all the men that were here that were lonely for their families. And so that became a very popular uh, mm-hmm. profession as well. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that in, in a lot of these places, not just in California, all, through the all, West. all along the way. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, within just a few years, California was able to become a state. Um, and within 50 years, it, it was, I mean, an economic powerhouse immediately. Yeah. And that's uh, part of the reason why California was admitted as a state so big as it is. I mean, we really could be three states yeah. realistically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um an interesting thing, especially when you consider it in that whole context, right? Of like, there was nothing. I shouldn't say nothing. There were people here, but there was so much open, empty land and, and things that as far as they were concerned were for the taking. Now, if you're an indigenous culture that's been here for thousands of years it's like well it's not for the taking that's mine <laughs> you know yeah it's like wait 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 we were here wait yeah yeah right yeah but it's interesting too i mean just to see even modern day leftovers if i don't know what the right term is i'm looking for but like you know everyone's heard of wells fargo bank well that started by henry wells and william fargo because they exactly did exactly what i alluded to earlier they were able they were like storing people's money they were the, the main stage coaches that were came to and from the East Coast as well. Those hauling ass yeah. stagecoaches with someone riding. That's where the term riding shotgun came because yep. they would ride next to the guy whipping the fucking horses to go faster with the shotgun to keep people from uh, robbing them. Yep. Uh, Levi Strauss. Levi's are yep, yep. still still going. When they were, you know, he, he was a German immigrant and he realized they needed clothing that could handle mining. Canvas. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I think they're basically the same today. Like 501s, I think, are the same style or the same as they were almost 200 years ago. That's insane. Yeah, they're very similar. I did see, I forget where I was. Um, I saw like a display about that. It might have been actually in Seattle huh? where they had some of the original different buttons and things. Like the buttons were a little different, you know, something. They didn't have zippers, those types of things. But yeah. Yeah, mine, were always, mine were always button up. My my 501s were always button up. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't wear 501s. I, I never wore anything except for 501s until I was probably 30 years old, dude. They were the only pants I ever wore were the button up 501s. And then when I went to buy a pair, not recently because I'm fucking old now. But um, when I saw the last time I pr- priced a pair of those things, I was like stunned at how fucking expensive they were, dude. A brand new pair of 501s. It's ridiculous. What is like 100 bucks? Oh, it was like 120 or something dollars. I was like, yeah. well, you had your mind. It's just they last. They do last. They do. I still have a couple pairs in my closet. I haven't worn forever. 
you know, but they're just there because for, I don't know why they're still there. I could probably sell them for 50 bucks each if I wanted to, especially because they have holes shit. in them. Yeah. Have holes in them, you know, you vintage know. shit. Yep. Sell to those hipsters. Hipsters. Yeah, I just want bucks. Cut you, I, cut them a deal. I want I want to do a little sidetrack here about gold. Now, the best estimates, we're talking about gold, the gold rush, why people were so hungry for this shit. The best estimates suggest that about 208,000 tons of gold has been mined throughout all of history. Of which two, of which two thirds, only uh, all you know, two thirds of all that has been mined since 1950, dude. So just in the last what 75 years or so. Yeah, it's amazing. Now this means that the thing is, gold is basically indestructible, so it's it's always been around in one form or another. It just recycles. But if every single ounce, we've talked about this before, if every single ounce of gold were placed next to each other, the resulting cube of pure gold would only measure 22 meters by 22 meters by 22 meters. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's That's nothing, dude. That's nothing. Yep. Yeah, that's how rare it is. Yep. But yet it's everywhere. It's everywhere, but I got, uh, I got it sitting on my desk in front of me, and all this monitors and shit I have. I got it in my my phone. Yeah, and but it, if you had like a, a if you had an ounce of it, it's it 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 doesn't look like what it is. I mean, that's like yeah. a nothing. That's a nothing amount of gold, but it costs so much money, or it's worth so much. It's pretty incredible, actually. It's very dense. That's the very thing, de- right? Very so dense. It doesn't look like very much, even though when you go and buy the mass of it. Yep indestructible and it's also edible so it's kind of like the everything material it's really weird well maybe that's why it has value and why it's always been you know you get into that whole you're talking about aliens right yeah in the anunnaki and all that like where did this was the gold came here for gold yeah of value because that's what you need for electrical contacts and all these other technologies that we're just starting to get into right they needed it somehow to line their atmosphere because their atmosphere was was you know flitting away into space and they needed that to protect the atmosphere and keep all the gases inside so they could survive that was the whole zachariah sitchin thing with his book you know so anyway yeah so um how long did this last five years about five years but i mean again there's just so wide reaching man it wasn't just the gold it was everything that popped up the retail infrastructure the housing infrastructure as you mentioned, the brothel infrastructure, the pubs, yeah. the you know, transportation, communications, right? When you have all these people out here, their families are in New York or wherever they are, you know, you have the Pony Express, right? Like we can get you, we can get you a, a message there. It's going to take want, two weeks. You want to send a letter, but how does this tie into Yukon? Well, just because of, it was so wide, just, just broadly speaking, because of the wide, the wide reach of this whole thing. Was the Yukon rush later? Um, yeah, I mean that was, I think. I don't know. I don't it spurred know. the whole development of Seattle. Oh, okay. So what? what the gold kind of dried up in California, and so everyone went north. Or was yeah, yeah. This... And so this guy, uh, what did I say his name was again? Henry Yel- Yesler. Yel- Yeltsin or something. Yeah, Yesler. Yeltsin. Mm-hmm. The Yukon thing was crazy because it was so hard to get to. Yeah, but he was doing it all, man. He was. Yeah, you know, I got all the supplies. We'll get you up there, running boats and everything. There was nothing up there. There was nothing up there. So was... many people died get trying to get there. Yeah, yep. for nothing. Yeah, there are lines of people like going up the mountains, you know, around the passes to, just to get to where the gold, the gold supposedly was, right or was, and uh, they were just struggling because they didn't have food. They were, you know, away from out of their element, away from their families. 
they're probably out of money. They, they followed all these other people. Um, and about 100,000 prospectors went to the Klondike region of Yukon in northwestern Canada between 1896 and 1899. So it was actually much later. 1899, 18 what? What were the years? 1896 to 1899. Yeah. Well, I think it was all kind of that built up. Yeah. Because Seattle was uh, founded in like 1850, 1860s, 1850s, something like that. So he was there for a while, but that's what he was. That's what he built and ran around Seattle was off of that, you know, predicating that there was gold up there. Oh, Oh, of the 100,000 prospectors that went to the Yukon, only 30,000 made it. Yikes. Wow, yeah. Yikes, dude. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, and I'm looking at a picture right now. It just shows like a pass going up this mountain with tons of people with huge back- packs on their back. And they do not look happy. And they're all just trying to go get their little piece of gold. Yeah, it looks miserable. How are you going to find it there? Yeah, you don't know where you're going. You're trusting other people who say they know how to get you there. Yeah. And it's all a scam. It's all a scam. Yeah, totally. That's why only 30,000 made it, I guess. Unreal. Yeah, but the people who open those general stores, they're the ones who made out because there's so many people yeah. coming in. Yeah. Well, that's it. And who was that? That was Henry Yesler. Yeah, the exactly. Founder of Seattle. Built it all around that. Right on. And then he was, this fucking guy was crooked as hell. I mean, fuck you, Yesler. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, good on him, but he was like <laughs> definitely on the take. He was. I don't have all the information here, but yeah, I learned some really cool facts about him at that underground Seattle tour. (laughs) So how many people actually got rich going to California to get gold prospecting pan, you know, panning for gold. How many people actually do you think got rich? I can't imagine very many. I didn't look it up. Did you? I did not, but I'm going to do so now because my memory serves me that one guy, one guy got a mother load and cashed it in. And just stopped right then and ended up living wealthy the rest of his life. But it was one guy. And now I got to know for well, a fact. You have to realize the amount of effort that went into this, right? I mean, they weren't, most people weren't digging up, finding big old chunks. You're talking like these, these guys are sitting there going through silt. Yeah. You know? Right. And so you work it all day and you may not find anything. And then you find some, right? You find this section, but that's not going to last. Right. I mean, the, the, the techniques these guys were using didn't I mean, I guess they were blowing shit up with dynamite at some point. Right. I mean, they were doing all this stuff, digging. And that's where the digging happened and all that. They got better at finding it. But people weren't weren't killing it necessarily. You know, here we go. I think you... the, I think it was the retailers and all the other entrepreneurs that. Yeah. That yeah. really made it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, here you know, let's see you'd think finding gold on your property would mean the end of all your troubles but for john sutter it was about the worst thing that could have happened 19th century sutter was an entrepreneur owner of a large tract of land in coloma california he hired a carpenter named james marshall to build a water wheel for a mill on his property in 1848 marshall discovered flakes of gold in the river although the two men tried to keep the find a secret they failed miserably the news spread like a modern california wildfire especially after an enterprising gentleman named Sam Brannan paraded around carrying a vial of gold and announcing the whereabouts of the new discovery. He himself didn't go prospecting. He knew of a smarter way to make his fortune, as we shall see, and he was one of the ones. In four years, by 1852, Sutter would be bankrupt, his property overrun, and his livestock stolen by... By voracious, voracious prospectors. Of course, it's, it's hard to exaggerate the enormity of the, came true. 
Yeah, exactly. The enormity of the Russia's demographic impact on California, which we talked about. In a few short years, it transformed from a sparsely populated, newly acquired territory of the U.S. to a fully formed state with a thriving economy between 1848-1849. The influx of settlers exploded from 400 to 90,000. So it's about the same numbers you were talking about, right? And as, as far as people getting rich, all it says here is that the people that were found that started general stores and providing things for the prospectors were the only ones who got rich yeah now it's not to say that people didn't make money right aside from the from the business and other peripheral industries i mean you look here i found something that was on pbs that was talking about that they i mean they were finding it was in today's dollars billions and billions of dollars i mean it's a lot of money it's just that there's hundreds of thousands of people and there were significant ones. I mean, you could find a list here. I found uh, one guy at Weber's Creek in 1848. This one guy claimed, estimated, it was a, over $500,000. So people were, were getting some good money. Some of them, some of them, yeah. And don't get me wrong, that, that's a good chunk of change, especially back then when money went further. I mean, because that day it was 17000 Well, 17000 went a lot more, I think, than the rel- the equivalent amount today you know what i mean like that sam brandon guy who went around with that vial of gold and, and spread it like wildfire yeah he kicked off the gold rush with that whole stunt right but he didn't bother staking a claim on any of the gold or you know any parts of the river he bought up all the equipment that the prospectors would need yep. then when it began that he started he resold all that merchandise at a steep markup yes that's what they were doing what yes. a dick dude what a total dick well not at all Enterprising well, people, where it's capitalism, man. His store made enormous profits, selling as much as five thousand dollars in goods per day. Back then, that's one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars in twenty twenty money per day. Yeah. Dude. Wow. He was California's first millionaire. Isn't that a trip? Money to make money. Yeah, it really does. All you have to do is be a complete prick. It's not a prick. It's kind of a prick. It's not a prick. It's kind of a prick. He happened to be, have. The shovels people needed. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to sell them for fucking 20 what times what their annual income is. <laughs> we get the straight. You this sell? is why I'll never be rich, Dan. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have a heart. It's not heartless, dude. It's heartless. You, you sell some shit on eBay. You could have... Okay, let's say you have your car and you're going to get a new car. You want to you want to sell it. And you want to get as much money as you can for it so you can get your other car. Right. Okay. Sure. Same thing. That's not the same thing, dude. There it is. <laughs> he bought. He he basically fucking cornered the market. He pulled off the first monopoly. Well, and instead instead of selling it for twice or three times what it was worth, he sold it for some ridiculous amount, knowing they're not just going to walk back home. It's three fucking thousand miles away. Yeah, dude. If you want, if you would like to commission your own shipment of shovels, please go ahead. If you can live with yourself, have no morals or no decency, yeah. then go for it, man. You make a bunch of money. Go for it. Hey, there were no laws back then. Oh, oh, there, therefore West. it's okay. Therefore it's okay, right? No, I'm not saying he's not wrong. Not wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back then you could just go around shooting all the evil bastards you wanted to. Hey, best argument for a time machine right there. I mean, it's interesting. Again, like I said, when we started, I grew up in California. You learn about these things. You have a very limited scope of experience and view of the world. You've, I hadn't, hadn't traveled very far. So it's really interesting to learn 
about things like this that happened. I mean, even in San Diego County, we see, right, Julian was a mining town. That wasn't directly related to the gold rush, but people were out here. People came out here. Yeah, once it kicked off, that was it. Built, cascade, and here we are, packed to the hilt with people. Major uh, clusterfuck. A lot of, well, yeah, but I mean, economically speaking, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the state, right? I wish I could just go, like, claim a spot of land, build a little cabin. It's all claimed. Uh, you could have, man. You were born 200 years too late. Those were the days. Well, yeah. But you had no electricity, no video games, uh, no craft beer, no well, the ultimate shitty craft beer, I guess. But um, yeah, I'll take it now. It's fine. Hey, pros and cons to everything. I think it would have been an interesting time. Fuck if that. that would be if that would be definitely one of the places that I would go to if I could time travel. Dude, no one shower a day. Fuck that, dude. You know how grimy those fuckers were? All the guys you're around hanging out in a bar would have smelled like fucking bums. Every one of them. Yuck. Oh, yeah, you know it. Ugh. Well, same with the prostitutes, right? <laughs> oh, yes. I was just going to say that, too. It's like, oh, God. Ugh. No amount of perfume. Oh, God, the perfume. Just water itself would be so... Water itself would be like gold, actually. Wouldn't it? It could be, yeah. Clean water. Well, there's no like indoor plumbing back then or or like sewage systems, right? Nope. It was like at the beginning of all that. Ew. Shit out the window, dude. What are you talking about? It's like France. They just huck it out the window into the street. (laughs) All right. I got a a few cool facts about the uh, California gold rush before we wrap it up. Okay. Okay. Number one, California did not have the first gold rush in American history. Apparently there was a gold rush in North Carolina. Oh, uh, the first gold rush in, Cal- in America history, American history uh, commenced after a 17 pound gold nugget was found in Cabarrus County, North Carolina. Wait, 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 wait. 17 pounds. Yeah. Big ass nugget. That's got to be the biggest thing, biggest one ever found. No idea. You can okay. give it up. Oh, Eventually, more than 30,000 people were mining for gold. And for more than 30 years, all gold coins issued by the U.S. Mint were produced using North Carolina gold. That's pretty cool, actually. The gold, the gold rush was the largest mass migration in U.S. history. You mean to, to California? Yeah, just a number of people moving to, to a place. Okay, yeah. not Carolina. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, as we said, the California gold rush attracted immigrants from all over the world. The gold rush proved dangerous and deadly for non-white people, according to History Channel. During the gold rush... Violence amongst foreign miners or against foreign miners increased. That would make sense, I guess, as, as well as the uh, yeah, indigenous so people just getting completely fucked, scammed and fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disease, mining accidents, all that. You know, people were murdered, all the yeah. claims and all kinds of shit. So it's pretty bad. As you mentioned uh, about uh, until the prostitutes migrated out in mass, the gold rush was a male dominated event. But there was actually 19% of, of gold miners uh, in 1860 were women, which is kind of interesting, actually. Number six, early sections of San Francisco were built out of ships abandoned by prospectors. That's kind of cool. Yes, as we talked about, prospecting for gold was very costly. Wow, dude. A single, and I guess this would make sense because of what you talked about, the markup and just the scarcity of things. At the height of the boom in 1848, a single egg could cost the equivalent of $25 in today's money. An egg? Yeah. Oh, God. The coffee went for more than $100 a pound. 
What? No, wait, and their money? $100? Equivalent, I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So five bucks or something. Yeah. And replacing a pair of worn out boots could uh, cost up to $2,500. $2,500? Yeah. In, in, equivalent. I remember, like, if, if I were to go get a pair yeah. of boots, be 20, oh my God, that's insane. That's More fortunes insane. are made by merchants than miners. We talked about that. It's kind of yeah. You talked about John, John Slater not being a rich prospector. Right. <laughs> that was the interesting fact. It was the biggest gold nugget ever found was the welcome stranger in uh Maliagul, Victoria, Australia, 1869, by John Deason and Richard Oates. It had a gross weight of over 2,520 troy ounces or fucking 173 pounds. Oh my god. So let's look at that here. Let's look at what gold costs right now. Let's do a quick calculation. And find out what that's worth. Hold on here. Can you imagine finding a 173-pound chunk of gold? You you shit yourself, dude. Like, what? All right, let's look here. So gold oh prices per ounce. That's insane, dude. Um, I guess we'll go to let me see if I can find. I'll go to businessinsider.com. That seems like probably close reasonable enough to get. Okay, so one ounce of gold costs now. 1939 and 72 cents. $19? What? $1,939. Okay. That and 72 cents. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. okay. So let's plug that in here. So we have uh <laughs> so 19 1939. We'll just go we'll just round up to 1939. Around sure. there, 1939. Sure. 1939. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh and there's uh 16 ounces in a pound. Sure. Okay. 78 kilograms, 173 pounds. Okay. So now we're going to times 173. $5,367,152. That's now, right? Yeah. That's insane. So you find that one chunk. A little more because I actually didn't put in the 72 cents because it actually would matter. But one chunk, 5 million bucks. Boom. Just like that. Just like that. And there was another one. It says it's confused sometimes with the welcome nugget. Funny how one is called welcome stranger nugget. The other one's called oh, welcome nugget. You know nugget. what? Those would be welcome in my backyard any yeah, day of the week. fucking hey, dude. That one was found in June 1858 at Bakery Hill, Ballarat, Australia. Both of them in Australia. Interesting. I didn't know that. And that one was 152 pounds. Damn. What's up with Australia? It's amazing. Well, you know, do you geological formations happen in certain places right there's a reason why the gold isn't in you know other places in the united states but it was in california right i mean it says they melted them down in london a year later 2013 a large nugget was found near a city of ballarat in victoria australia again an amateur gold prospector the y-shaped nugget weighed slightly more than five kilograms or 11 pounds that's still a lot what would 11 pounds be if it's the two four days that's fucking thirty thousand bucks 76 ounces so whatever yeah. that is times 1930 whatever it was yeah so right then just boom something tens of thousands of dollars interesting 22 centimeters high 15 centimeters wide a market value slightly both slightly below three hundred thousand Australian dollars. I don't know how that like correlates to American dollars, but I think about twelve cents. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I don't know. What, I don't know what the conversion rate is. No, I, I think it's similar to the dollar. Just like oh, yeah, pound. yeah, the, it probably it's probably true, huh? Look it up, let's look it up now. I'm curious. Australian, well, Australian, Australian money is called dollars too. So it's it's basically the same as American dollars. 
And like like the pound, the UK pound is just a little more than a dollar, so it's worth more. What is what is Australia? Uh, it's uh, sixty four cents to the US dollar, or I'm oh, sorry, uh, one yeah one one Australian dollar is sixty four cents US. Oh, it's it's gone down sixty four percent of it. Okay, so it's about half. So that's one hundred fifty thousand bucks then, just from that one find. Impressive. Well, you can but, have you can round down if you want, but I found that goal. I'd go to the correct point six four, not the not the half. Yeah, it definitely would. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. interesting to learn about this stuff, and then you kind of realize like all the stuff that we see and. In effect, all the jobs and everything that people have and the reason probably everything's still built up here is because of not necessarily directly tied to the gold rush, but in a way, yeah, right? Yeah, this is a good idea. Thanks for the uh, suggestion. It was fucking interesting as hell. But um, we'll see you on the next Scatterbrain. Were you done? Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.